Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. To comply with the governor's proclamation declaring a state of emergency in Maryland to minimize, minimize the person-to-person -person spread of COVID-19, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our QAC website at www.qac.org live or on QAC TV's television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7 and Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to www.qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. We will accept comments up to the end of the meeting. Comments received will be read aloud during the <coughs> comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We have a Memorial Day coming up. Let's have a moment of silence for all of those who sacrificed for our freedom here. Thank you. Okay, we just held a closed session to discuss personnel and boards and commissions. And I believe we have reached consensus on a number of boards and commissions. So we can run through those first, if that's okay, Commissioner. Go ahead. Okay, first we have the Bay Bridge Airport Advisory Commission. We have uh, two vacancies, and I think there was consensus to reappoint uh, Craig Conrad and Fred Lango. So Lango. Lango, excuse me. So could we get a motion on that, please? I move to reappoint Craig Conrad and Fred Lango to the Bay Bridge Advisory, Airport Advisory Committee to begin July 1, 2021 and end June 30, 2024. Second. Okay, got a motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? <clears throat> Five zero, motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, our next board is the Blue Heron Golf Course Advisory Committee. We had two applicants and two vacancies. I move to appoint Carl Eberline and Don Trotter to the Blue Heron Golf Course Advisory Committee to begin July 1, 2021, and then June 30, 2023. Second. Motion and second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero. The motion carries. Okay, next up we have the Department of Emergency Services Advisory Council. We have uh, four vacancies and four applicants. Okay. Yep. Okay, I move to reappoint Sandra Early for con consumer. Let's see here, because they got they all go to a different. Uh, consumer at large? Consumer at large. Consumer at large, okay. And let's see here, Faye Williams for District 1. 
and to appoint Ben Hammock for District 2 and Steve Sounder for District 4 for a two-year term on the Department of Emergency Services Advisory Council to begin July 1, 2021 and end June 30th, 2023. Second. second. All right, motion and second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? No. 5-0, motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Our next board is the Electrical Examiners and Supervisors. Motion to reappoint uh, Rob Beasley and Rick Davis to the Electrical Examiner and Supervisors Board to begin July 1st, 2021 and end June 30th, 2026. Second. All right, got a motion and a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Uh, zero motion carries. Okay, next up we have the Housing Authority Board. I move to appoint Rick Sierra to the Housing Authority Board to begin July 1, 2021 and end June 30th, 2026. Second. Motion and a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. All right, thank you, Commissioners. We have one more, and this is for the Employee Awards Committee. Motion. I move to appoint Katie Price to a two-year term on the Employee Awards Committee to begin immediately and end December 31st, 2023. Second. Got a motion and a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. Motion carries. Thank you, Commissioners. That brings us to the uh, approval of today's minutes, or the agenda and the minutes. So our agenda for today's meeting, May 25th, the regular session and closed session minutes from your May 11th meeting, along with our budget work session meetings from May 18th, were distributed electronically for your, your review. Do we have any additions or corrections? A motion to add two agenda items to tonight's agenda. Second. Got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion to Carried. adopt uh, the agenda and minutes as amended. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right, commissioners, thank you very much. That brings us to our first press and public comment period. Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the microphone, state your name, address, and topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. We ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming citizens and or name calling when offering any critique. So do we have any? No one signed up. People's okay. Anybody uh, on Zoom? Uh, no, we have currently no one in Zoom or emails. All right. Okay. All right, then commissioners, we can go on to new business. So if you want to turn to Tab number three, we have, uh, I think, eight items this evening for consideration. So tab three, item number one on page one is a letter of support for a grant application to the Maryland Heritage Areas Authority and a 25,000 mini block grant submitted by Eastern Shore Heritage, which is the managing entity for stories of the Chesapeake. Did I, get a I move to sign the support letter the Eastern Shore Heritage Incorporated Management and Block Grant Application by the Maryland Heritage Areas Authority. Second. All right, we've got a motion to second. Any discussion on that? 
All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero, motion carries. Thank you, commissioners. Item number two on page two, this is a, um, an easement agreement that allows for shared access parking on property owned by Kentonaris Marine and the developer is providing the county access to and the use of certain parking areas for public parking and there is an exhibit there. We have about 118 spaces there that will be uh, available for parking um, at the Kenton areas along the waterfront uh, adjacent to the second phase of the hotel. I move to sign the shared access and parking easement as presented to allow public access and parking in accordance with the Kent Arrows, Kent Narrows Marine LLC subdivision plat. Second. Got a motion and second. Any discussion? Just kind of reminds me of that uh, Trojan horse that gets pulled in. The, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, anyways, it's, I'm glad. I mean, we, we can always use the parking, but <laughs> anyways, that's all. And I mentioned too, there is a, an additional uh, boardwalk along the waterfront there. That'll also be for public access as well, ties into our trail system. So it's being nice amenity for our citizens. All right, so we got a motion to sign the shared access and parking easement as presented. To allow public asset access and parking in accordance with the Kent Narrows Marine LLC subdivision plat. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Item three on page 12. This is a series of two MOUs for the Bay Bridge run scheduled for Halloween this year, 10-31-21. Uh, the first is with MDTA and the second is with our new event sponsor, Corrigan Sports Enterprises. And um, I will introduce uh, Lee Corrigan here. He's here this evening and Sean Ryan, who is a, a contractor with, um, with him to uh, acknowledge their presence here today. So if you have any questions, they're here to answer any questions. But these agreements have been vetted by our county attorney and of course, um, Mr. Corrigan. And we are ready to move forward. I move to sign the MOU with MDTA and the MOU with Corrigan Sports Enterprises to facilitate the Bay Bridge run to be held October 31st, Halloween Day, 2021, which will start in Anne Arundel County and finish at the Chesapeake Bay Business Park in Queen Anne's County. Second. Boy, that's a, we should have some interesting people uh, out there on a Halloween day. That's all I, I can say. It so we can get to the discussion <laughs> part. What? Why don't you guys you come on up and on up. Yeah. introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit since you're sure. you're here. Uh, my name is Lee Corrigan from Corrigan Sports Enterprises. We are the new event directors and, and owners. Of course, Mr. Sean Ryan here has been involved with this event for many years and he has been the primary operations facilitator. So uh, my company is Maryland based. We're headquartered in Elkridge, Maryland. We own a lot of running events and lacrosse events throughout the region as well as throughout the country. And one of the things that makes us different than most organizations that have been working on this event and work in our, in our space, in the running space, is we have 20 full-time employees. And unlike many organizations like us that farm out a lot of that stuff. So on race day, on Halloween day, 20 Corrigan Sports Enterprises people will be on site. And that's one of the things that makes us different and, We'll be working on this event all year round to make it successful. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention 
the folks from the Queen Anne's County Tourism and uh, Department who are certainly interested in the economic impact and the great PR for Queen, Anne, Queen Anne's County. So look forward to working with all of you guys and um, learning the details and all the players. You know, today I've seen, I think I've met 40 people today. <laughs> so, so, and your role, Sean. Yeah, so, uh, and I know some of you. Uh, my name is Sean Ryan. I've been involved since 2013. I'm an at-large contractor uh, based out of Wisconsin, actually, although I work in Maryland, I work in Boston, and I work in other places. I came in in 2013 under the original owners, Peter Paris and Sparrow Rogers out of St. Michael's, working on behalf of DMSE, the company that organizes, we organize the Boston Marathon. Um, things went really well, although it was a small event company, didn't have a lot of staff, and so we had to bring in a lot of out-of-area staff which was okay, but it's usually easier if you have local staff. Uh, then when Ironman bought the event, I continued to work with them. There was a constant succession of people from Ironman always changing uh, what was, who was assigned to this area. That made it difficult. Um, they too were bringing in a lot of out of area people. They didn't have deep roots in the community, just a lot of experience putting on Eagle Man and Ironman Maryland. Um, Jerry Boyle passed on. He was the local contractor who kept everything local and had all the relationships. Once he was gone, it was difficult. And now in the wake of COVID, Iron Man has basically um, just relinquished their contract and moved on. This was to be their fifth and final year of a contract with the state. And uh, they told myself, they told Richard Jaramillo from the Bay Bridge that they just didn't have the, the personnel or the financial footing to continue. And they basically stepped away. At that point, I reached out to your county administrator, and, and my suggestion was we need to find a local company that's got the staff and the expertise and a good connection to the local running community, which I think they have about a quarter million runners on their databases at Corrigan Sports. Basically, if you're a runner in the Mid-Atlantic region, they know who you are. <coughs> and, and I have had a relationship with Lee for several years. I trust him, and so I told the bridge administrator and I told your county administrator, I think this would be a good fit long term. They're <coughs> invested in the community. They're gonna to wanna to work with local charities. They're gonna to wanna to make this about benefiting the local community. And so I was excited to advance the suggestion of working with Corrigan Sports. So I'm working under a three-year contract uh, basically to help transition Corrigan Sports into being hopefully a very long-term partner with Queen Anne's County. So I had an opportunity to sit in on a lot of these planning meetings for these races prior, along with some of my other fellow commissioners. This guy's good. Oh, he's Thanks, good. Phil. He's well organized. <laughs> he, sure. will, he, he won't leave any stone unturned. Nope. Appreciate that. Welcome. His playbook's that big. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do have a, a question, uh, and it's come up in past events at the bridge and the fundraisers that our local fire departments do, you know, the beer vending. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I was, someone reached out to me today, asked me to make sure that the volunteer fire departments can and will be able to do the vending. And I, I don't know if it's it written in here in this agreement, in this MOU with the county. No, absolutely. Um, we've actually already met Mr. Schultz and some of those key figures and absolutely, you know, one of the most important part of these events is that you engage the entire community and we understand that 
This event has been running very, very well, and I am not here to upset any apple carts. Mm -hmm. I'm here to make sure everybody wins and everybody walks out of this thing feeling good, whether it's the local a volunteer fire department, the folks from tourism, you folks who make sure that uh, the event goes smoothly for the county in every capacity. So that's what my goal is, and that's what the goal of my organization will be. And obviously, I got a great cheat sheet over here. Yeah, and, and James, I would, I would add, I told uh, Lee when we started, I said there was a, an a, original verbal agreement, right. which was reneged upon right. uh, when there was a change in ownership, and that right. needs to be reinstated. Right. Our, our plan when we leave here is to have dinner with Jody Schultz tonight at the Crab Very good. Okay. So good. that. So, I mean, it, it is, a you know, after coming out of COVID with fundraising, this, this would be huge. Yes. And uh, it is a, you know, the event is well, uh, Attended. Well attended by yes. county residents. So I yeah. haven't missed one yet. So very good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks, Thanks, guys. All right. So we have a motion to sign the MOU with MDTA and the MOU with Corgan Sports Enterprises to facilitate the Bay Bridge run to be held October 31st, 2021. Like Spooky. Which will start in Anne County and finish at the Chesapeake Bay Business Park in Queen Anne's County. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. Great, thanks. Thank you, guys. Right, thank, you. thank you both for coming tonight. All right, commissioners, moving on. Item number four on page 13. This is the annual cooperative agreement between uh, Maryland Department of Agriculture and Queen Anne's County that provides for weed control, eradication of noxious and certain invasive weeds for this coming fiscal year. I move to sign the cooperative agreement on control and eradication of noxious and certain invasive weeds for the period of July 1, 2021 through June 30, 2022. Second. All right, motion to second. Any discussion? Where, who picks the weeds? Who picks where the, it, it gets sprayed? How, how does this do? Does the public just say, look at, you know, I mean, I, reason being is I, I Fragmite is all, everybody calls me. Fragmite, you know, it's, it's out of control. The county used to take care of this. You know, what are we doing about it? And I honestly don't have an answer, so. It's primarily on f agricultural properties okay. that we work through the Maryland Department of Ag, so they, they can report there. But we do, we can do, you know, Phragmitis eradication as well on, on certain public lands. Uh, so that's that's part of it. So all well. this is strictly public lands. It says this is not on private land. It can be on private lands for far, for the agricultural communities. Yes, it for, can be. For noxious, for invasive noxious weeds. But they pay? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. As versus. So, yeah, so, because so how does it work? To, 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 to Jim's question, do we give them a list of what we want sprayed, or they already know they come in and do it? How's, how well, the, exactly the, does it work? The agreement works out so that MDA, the Department of Agriculture, kind of oversees that we work under their license. We have uh, operators that work under Public Works that, that actually do the spray up, the spraying here in the county. So, if we have certain properties we want to get sprayed, we can certainly add those to the list, and, and that would include Phragmites. Donna, would you like to shed any light on this issue? I can. I mean, you and we, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe. We actually have a weed control specialist that works in the county, okay. and he works out of the extension office. His name is Doug Jordan. Uh -huh. People can call into Doug and tell them whether they have Johns and Grass, Shattercane, Phragmites, whatever, and they can get on the schedule with him. And as Mr. Wilson said, they do have to pay for that service. Okay. But he is a licensed. Um, so we don't. The, the state and, and the county don't offer any type of Phragmite eradication that on um, private property that we pay for. They right. do. Mr. Jordan can do that. 
But the, the customer, the person has to pay for it. That's correct. That's what I'm saying. We don't offer yes. any where we pay for it. Yes. The, the private landowner or farm owner or whatever it is, they have to pay for that. And in the Frag Mighty situation, you can't spray that until the fall because it's right. a rhizome plant and it spreads underneath. And until that like, gets ready to shut down for the wintertime, you have to spray that in the fall and let that spray go down into the roots. And a lot of times in the marshland, you've got to have a vehicle that has a very powerful jet-powered spray gun to be able to get out into the marsh or along the edge. And you, at a minimum, you have to spray Phragmites three years in a row, mm -hmm. optimal five years in a row, to okay. get it under control and keep it under control. It's not cheap, right. but you know it can absolutely take over to the point where you would have to have a helicopter come in and spray it. Right. And, and didn't, didn't we used to do that? Yes, yes, we do. And there's people that still do that. It's very, very expensive. And a lot of people that do the helicopter spraying are people that have waterfront properties that maybe have a very long marsh or a very long wetland, mm -hmm. and they just can't get to it with a spray gun. Right. So they'll, they'll have um, a helicopter come in We're, and spray it. Just that. to be clear for the public, it's something that they would have, we offer a service, but you have to pay for it. That's correct. So you only have place to pay we do for it. the spray. It's, it's, like I said, it's not cheap, right. but in order to eradicate that or at least keep it at bay, mm -hmm. you've got to do it consistently. You can't come in and spray it once. Same thing with Johnson grass. Right. And Johnson grass, majority of the time, is there's really tall weeds you see along, growing along the roadways, and they keep coming back. And if you don't address that and spray them when appropriate, you keep mowing them off, and they're going to keep growing and expanding because they're also a rhizome plant. So it's something that you're going to have to continually spray and you got to stay on top of. And as Todd mentioned, you know, they do provide the service on public land. So it would be maybe Terrapin Park, for example, if mm -hmm. there's Johnson grass out along Route 50, mm -hmm. then MDA could provide that service. Right. Okay, great. Thank okay. you. Very point. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I would like to make note of one thing, and Donna can support this. It's the Corsican Chester were probably 20 years ago, 50% of the shoreline was white sand beaches, of which I would say 97% are gone. They're buried underneath Phragmites now. The good news is it stopped the land erosion, but the bad news is the beaches are absolutely gone, mm -hmm. and you won't get them back without millions in spraying. Mm. So Isn't do that we have a weed advisory committee as per the agreement? Or do we just? We, we do not have one currently. This provides we can, you know, establish a well, weed saying, advisory within the, committee within the within the you know within the language of this. It's saying the county may appoint a weed advisory committee. Is that something that maybe we should do to identify some of this stuff and take a, you know, obviously Donna knows. I would like sure like to know in the last five years how much land's got gobbled up by invasive right. weeds. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It I mean, would be a really good thought too to try to have someone from state highway and county roads. Mm -hmm. be on that board because they see it a lot on the roadways right and it becomes a very significant nuisance because if it's not taken care of those seeds go airborne mm -hmm. and then they're all over mm -hmm. one more time uh, uh, doug jordan's wh where do you reach doug he Jordan? is at the extension office the number is 410-758-0166 doug george i'm sorry i'm not doug jordan i'm thinking one of my contractors doug george. doug george i'm sorry i apologize that's right yes but if you call the extension office and ask for them he does have a voicemail so you can leave him a message i'm not sure about cell phone i'm sure that he does but um he does provide that service and the county provides him a truck and with the tank on it and sprayer so okay all right any other questions 
Okay, so we have a motion to sign the cooperative agreement and the control and eradication of noxious and certain invasive weeds for a period of July 1, 2021 through July, June 30th, 2022. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. So do we want to establish this weed advisory committee for the I think, uh, purposes or what? I just got a couple of messages and I think let's at the next meeting have a discussion about it. And okay. There's a couple of people we can bring in to shed some light on the different licenses and different applications and what will get killed and what won't get killed. Next so, meeting oh, that, is that's at Kennedy yeah. High School? Correct. Or the one after that. The I one mean, after yeah. that we have some hearings so we want to bring them oh, into so the next July fine. meeting. I think. Next meeting we can. That's fine by me. Okay. For yeah. second meeting in July? Yeah. Or June, yeah. excuse me, June. Okay. Yep. All right. That's fine. We can do that. Okay. All right. All right, commissioners. Um, Moving on, we have two budget amendments. Uh, item five on page 36. This is budget amendment CC40, establishes budget authority in the uh, South Kent Island Wastewater Fund for debt service associated with the uh, with that loan for that project. I can motion on that, please. It is 40. This item, CC40. Uh, CC40, yes. Okay, I move to uh, approve budget amendment CC40. Second. Okay, I've got a motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. Commissioners, thank you. Uh, next we have item six on page 37, budget amendment CC41. This amendment uh, recognizes emergency rental assistance uh, grant through the uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. Um, and that is, um, $530,000 is estimated to be used for the remainder of fiscal 22. So that's uh, moved to approve budget amendment CC41. Second. Motion and a second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 <clears throat> Any opposed? 5-0 motion carries. All right, commissioners, thank you very much. We have two desk items. Uh, the next is item number seven. I believe it is marked on your desk. And this is a uh, support letter uh, for a small justice, excuse me, a social justice small grant submitted by Talisman Therapeutic Riding. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to sign the Talisman Therapeutic Riding Grant support letter. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries 5-0. Thank you, commissioners. And uh, our last action item for this evening, item number eight, is a request uh, for procurement of two emergency mannequins for emergency simulations for our county health department. They went through the county procurement uh, process and they are recommending purchase of a, an adult mannequin and a pediatric emergency mannequin for 87,000 $307 along with a five-year maintenance plan for both mannequins of $37,690 for a total package of $124,997 and that is all funded through our county health department. I move to approve the purchase of replacement adult and pediatric emergent simulation mannequins used for training purposes of five-year maintenance plan from Gan Mard for a total of $124,000, 997. So this is for a dummy? 
Two. Two. Does anybody realize that that's the same about the same dollar amount that a commissioner gets paid for five years? So I guess we're all in that dummy boat. <laughs> Touche. One price for dummies. Yeah, I guess so. I'll, I'll second it. Um, so, Todd, we, we have obtained multiple bids on this. Is this what the going rate is for... Medical I have not seen dummies. I, I talked to Dr. Seatole this earlier today. He did say he went through the county procurement policy, which would require additional bids, and, and that was the the recommendation he provided. So, um, I, I I will vote okay on this as long as that dummy comes in here with us five dummies, so I can see this thing live. Because yeah, I think that I'll vote for it if you will bring it in here. It's got to sit there. It better do something special. Give the people what they chair. want. <laughs> You know, I, I think that uh, obviously, you know, constant training is probably what makes uh, our Department of Emergency Services as, as, as special well, as they are. Well, it's not just that. They, they use it for nursing and right. fire companies. And the thing is, they have one. It's six years old. It's apparently wore it out using it. So I sort of grilled him, but he, he wouldn't let go. So and a, and a fair amount of this cost, uh, 37690 is... Um, we're fixing it. Maintenance. Is the maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Putting legs back on when they take fall a beating. Off. I guess they must take a beating. Look, I'm not making light of the situation. I just, I just think it's a lot of money. Um, what we, we, when we make decisions like this, we, we see the bids and how they come in. Yeah. And, and we know where those kinds of dollars came from. Um, I would like to see us at least take a look at I mean, if he went through the procurement process, I'm not doubting that we don't need these. But if we're going to spend this kind of money, we should at least be privy to the other bids that came in and the companies that, that they went to. That's I'm, just me. I'm good to sure. vote with it because I, I have a feeling this is a niche business. I doubt there's a million dummy makers out there to do it. And so it's, it's, we've run into this before in certain niche things where they've tried to get other bids. And it's the health department, which is actually state this coming through the state technically anyway so i'm if you're if the if you're, state's spending 124,000 for a dummy i don't i mean two dummies there right we're getting an adult it's two dummies no one pediatric pediatric one adult Look, one my, child little, little dummy little my dummy. commissioners are okay with this dollar amount um without seeing the other bids i, I am as well i'll retract my request well i know that um County Administrator Mon did the due diligence and inquired on the background that was done for this. Um, so I trust the judgment on that. I know it sounds like a lot of money, and we are joking because obviously it is a lot of money. For it is a lot of money. It sounds kind of funny, but it is something that is necessary for emergency services to have. Um, they do a, a lot of training with them, so they do. It is an item that is heavily wear and tear. So um, let's take a vote. Yes, let's take call the vote. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? And Any Scott, if Dr. C is watching, as soon as that thing comes in. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a demonstration for like five zero motion. I carries. want the public to be able to see what we paid $125,000 yeah, for. I think that's fair. Have the, uh, yeah. the, the dummies. They would, I think <laughs> they would also use the dummies back when, before COVID when we were doing the CERT training, training people out in public on how to respond right. in emergency situations yeah. when EMS wasn't there. So, yeah. I mean, we really, there, there's a lot of public. I just make sure when they come in, they do the stop bleeding to, yeah, aspect good of one. the training <clears throat> so we can see that just so bleed. we know how to yeah, stop these the dummies bleeding. do bleed they do <laughs> bleed yeah. yeah it's it's not the dummies of our youth <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Sussa Annie and a 
fold up suitcase that's that bring right. out and pop out for you. All right. So we beat that one to death. Okay. All right. Thank you, commissioners. <laughs> that's our job to beat them to death. That's all our action items for this evening. Um, we do have uh, a public hearing now. So if you want to turn to uh, tab number six, we have our Maryland Agricultural Land Preservation Fund public hearing, and we have Don Elena Smith here to preside for this hearing. We have uh, tab six, item number one. So, Don. Good evening. Excuse me if I'm hoarse, but I was just out at the softball game at the high school. Green Anne's County undefeated in the conference, played undefeated Cambridge South Dorchester. And? Cambridge, or Cambridge lost. Queen Anne's is now still the undefeated in the conference, seven to nothing. So Very it's nice. exciting for the girls. <laughs> Very Just proud of those young ladies. Hiring. That's that's great. Okay, we're having a public hearing tonight for four applicants for mouth, and it's been advertised in <clears throat> paper for two weeks consecutively. Um, pursuant to the Agriculture Article Section 2-504, the Annotated Code of Maryland, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County will hold a public hearing May 25th. 2021 at 6 p.m. in their office at 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland. The hearing is to receive public comments on the establishment of the agricultural preservation easement applications on the land owned by the following petitioners. Neil and Robin Brayton on Brayton Lane in Chestertown from the second election district, tax map 10, parcel 37 for approximately 80 acres. Coal Farm LLC on Livy Road, Churchill, second election district, tax map 29, parcel seven, approximately 124 acres. Higgs Family Land, LLC, Cox Sawmill Road, Henderson, 6th Election District, tax map 38, parcel 15, approximately 266.118 acres. Y Mills Gardens, LLC, Y Mills Gardens Lane, Y Mills, 5th Election District, tax map 67, parcel 4, 98 acres. The Queen Anne's County Agricultural Preservation Advisory Board <coughs> has given favorable recommendations to the county commissioners in the submission of the Agricultural Preservation Easement Applications. Direct any comments or regard questions regarding agricultural preservation to Don Landa Smith at the Queen Anne's County Soil Conservation Office, 211 East Water Street, Centerville, Maryland, 216174439884178. To comply with the governor's proclamation declaring state of emergency to Maryland to minimize the person-to-person -person spread of COVID, we ask that citizens participate in public testimony by one of the following formats, email at qac.org backslash public comment, live video, www.qac.org, public comment during live meeting, county meeting, audio only, and to call the following numbers. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign language interpreters, assistive living, listening systems will be available for individuals with hearing impairments. Please contact Beverly Churchill at 410-758-4406 or TDD at 410-758-2126 seven days prior to the hearing date if the above is needed. Queen Anne's County Commissioner, Board of Commissioners, Margie Huck, Clerk to the Commissioners, and it ran in the Record Observer May the 7th and May the 14th. Okay. All right. Do you need to call do we, any? Do we need to make Anybody wants to testify? How's that? We have anybody here? I think anybody signed up. I don't think there's anybody out there. For purposes of discussion. Close it. I think we can uh, see if we can check and see if Yeah. Maybe some testimony. Yeah. No one signed up. Are we online? 
I've got, um, we have Jay Falsett online. Jay, if you want to make a comment at this time during this part, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and turn your video on. Um, if not, he did, send a, he did send an email that we can read during the press and public comment, but. This, so, this is for that. This is for that part? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Would you like, it looks like he's reading for this. Would you like to hear that Is it for email? this? Yeah, go ahead and read it. I believe so, yeah. Uh, dear commissioners, Thank you for your continued support and commitment to the land preservation in Queen Anne's County. Queen Anne's County farm and forest lands are some of the most unique in Maryland and preserving them should remain among the county's highest priorities. Sincerely, Jay Falsett, Executive Director. All right, well that will close the press about the comment. So I've got a question. Absolutely. There is four pieces of property here. Yes. Is this all that we could fund or is this, is this First go around. I mean, how, where does this sit in the queue? These are four new applicants. Okay. They've never applied before. Anytime that you have new applicants, you're required to have a public hearing because you're using public monies. Um, we have 15 applications that will be submitted. These are four of the 15. The other 11 have previously submitted, and we've had public hearings for them in okay. the past. This past right. year, we were able to fund one. Um, it was, we only received $1.3 million from the state. All revenue was down pretty much. Um, and it took a little over 1.1 million to preserve a 273 acre farm. We may get more properties in the second round offers, but they don't get announced until July. Okay. So we still have the potential. I feel pretty confident we should get a few more. So that you, so you're, this will push you up to, you said 15 that, that are applying? Yes, this, this is fiscal year 22. Excuse me? This is fiscal year 22 applications. They will go in in June, and we will hear probably around March of 2022 how much funding we'll have to spend on these 15 applications. So, for instance, uh, 12 of them don't get selected. Do they have to reapply next year, or they just stay? They can, in? yes. There's 11 other people that were in the queue uh -huh. applied last year okay. that did not get funded. But did they, did they have to go through the whole process or did they just tell you leave us in there? And, or They just have to re-sign the same application. They can leave their bid price the same okay. or they can change it, whatever they you know choose to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't have to go through new pictures, new, you know, getting paperwork together. Basically, they just re-sign okay. an updated application. Huh. Yes. But what works against them is these new people coming into the queue yeah. may rate higher. So even if you were in yes. that 11, they may, one of these may hop overall. But it all depends on what they're, they're seeking financially too. So well, no, that's what I'm saying. Their, their qualification, they may come in and they be, they're a slam dunk and they'll move ahead of those 11 that that's may have correct. been sitting in the queue for because five years. Because their initial scoring is based on their soil types and other attributes of the farm. The bid price doesn't happen until after the farms are appraised, then they get reshuffled according to discount asking price. Yeah, so you have to be a little strategic with your asking price. But that's when you come back to us in March and go, you know, for an extra 400000 I can get you X, Y, and Z. That would be correct. Okay. <laughs> Just looking forward to that. You coming in. Yes. Uh, I always Jim come in with a smile on my face, right? Five million for 400 That's right. Yes. Very good. Awesome. Yes. I have to say, looking at these maps, they looked like they were particularly under threat of development, too, all of them, that they were all up against other they weren't off in the, in the yeah. somewhere. So. Yeah, there are several of them in here that have, um, yeah. well, Mr. Brayton's farm, it's an old subdivision. It's, I mean, it was back from the 70s, but, you know, the development pressure is still there. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yep. Awesome. Good.
All right, so I want to make a motion. We'll go ahead and vote on it. I move to approve the four new mouth properties for easement applications to be submitted to the mouth board of trustees for approval and appraisal. Second. Motion to second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 5 0. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Donna. Good to see you, Donna. Thank you. All right, commissioners, uh, our next presenter is a. Uh, I want to turn to tab number six, item two, page 20. We have, um, I don't see, is Catherine Dilly here? This is. Um, there she is. <laughs> is she? Come oh, excuse up. me. I'm, I'm sorry. I took her mask off. Come, uh, come on up. Um, yep. And uh, Audra, is that Sherbonier? Yes. Sherbonier? Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's what he gets paid to do, figure out names. Right. right. <laughs> he, he practiced. Yes. <laughs> this is for Midshore Behavioral Health, and we do have, uh, this is an action item as well, Commissioner, so please. Well, good evening. Uh, I'm Katie Dilley. I'm the Executive Director at Midshore Behavioral Health, um, and with me this evening is Audra Chabagne, um, who is a Behavioral Health Coordinator with her special population is the child and adolescent um, population. Um, but she's also um, representing Queen Anne's County as a coordinator assigned to the county. So thank you for having us this evening. Um, this is our annual presentation, just check-in updates, as well as um, our hope is to walk away this evening with a continued endorsement to serve as your core service agency um, into fiscal year 22. Um, we like to come before you during the month of May because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's complimentary that we are here to talk about the wellness and behavioral health and mental health um, activities and, and support that we're bringing into the county. So thank you again for having us this evening. And of course, um, if you have any questions, we will take those, no problem. Uh, we have provided you with uh, a packet of information we're going to go through and just pick out some highlights to discuss this evening. Um, and certainly, um, if you have questions along the way, we're, we're happy to support those as well. So we always like to um, review our mission and vision of the organization just as a standard um, part of our presentation. So the mission of Midshore Behavioral Health is to continually improve the provision of behavioral health services for residents of Caroline, Dorchester, Kent, Queen Anne's, and Talbot counties. Through effective coordination of care and collaboration with consumers, their natural support systems, our providers, and our community at large. And our vision at Midshore Behavioral Health is a rural healthcare delivery system that is both clinically and culturally competent. The system will ensure access, have a community focus, be cost effective, and be integrated to serve our community as the whole. So on this first page, we've, we've uh, overviewed just all of the different services that are primarily grant funded that come into the region. Um, so I don't need to go through each one of those, but of course, if there's one that stands out, if you have questions, please feel free to ask. Um, over the last couple of years, we've really had the pleasure of working more collaboratively with our local health departments, which embody our local addictions authorities. Um, so this past year, we embarked on writing our second annual plan for the region 
um, to address the behavioral health needs of the community with all five health departments here in the region. Um, so we worked collaboratively with uh, Maggie Thomas, who's your local addictions authority director um, here in Queen Anne's County uh, to, to address the needs um, for the coming year, as well as work to achieve the goals that we laid out for fiscal year 21. Um, there's no doubt that we had to do a little pivoting this year with making sure that we could still meet the goals that we set forth a year ago um, with COVID, but I think we've been really successful with still um, bringing programming into the region and new resources despite the odds of the pandemic. So, and Maggie's a pleasure to work with. So, um, and keep up the good work there in the health department. We really enjoy the collaboration there. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, um, if you know anything about our organization, we love a good work group. We have a child and adolescent work group. We have a forensic mental health work group. Um, but one of the new activities that we started this past year in August was our diversity and inclusion work group, which is not just for our behavioral health providers. Um, we have individuals participating from our school system, our faith-based community, and just some general um, interested stakeholders as community members participating on that. Um, of course, we're addressing meeting and uh, providing equitable services for, you know, that are have a focus on um, race as well as, you know, folks that are deaf and hard of hearing or LGBTQ population. So we're really enthusiastic to bring that service um, and that collaboration into one of the pieces that we're serving um, and providing for the community. Of course, um, the opioid crisis continues to be a, a major focus of the work that we're doing. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic has not um, been kind to um, the efforts and also you know, individuals that are in isolation and we've had a lot of uh, relapse and folks re-engaging in their addiction. Um, so the, the fight is still there in terms of how we can combat um, individuals dealing with uh, opioid dependency and misuse. Um, but the resources are abundant. Um, we're very grateful that the federal government and the state of Maryland has prioritized um, getting funding out into the community for new programming. I know I touched on this last year. Um, we have successfully brought up a recovery house since the last time we presented with you all here um, in Queen Anne's County, the first of its kind. Um, so the Oxford House, uh, located here on 305 North Commerce Street in Centerville, opened uh, back in the fall, I believe, and that was a project that we've been working through uh, state opioid response funding um, to bring that up, um, and that's a male house. We will soon be welcoming a recovery house for women um, that's also going to be run by the Oxford House um, group. Um, so that, that house is going to be located at 218 Northfield Way in Centerville. So that I think within the next couple of months should be opening, which will be a nice compliment to have a women's house available here in the community. What's the capacity of those two homes? You know, I want to say the, the it's about five to seven for okay. the male house, mm -hmm. um, maybe up to eight, sure. but I think about five to seven capacity. The women's house, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what they're looking at in terms of bed capacity, but okay. I can certainly follow up with that information. With the male house is full, or do you know what the what it's running at now? Is there space? I don't know today's capacity okay. for census, uh -huh. um, but they typically run very full. Um, Yes, and, and so, you know, their, their beds are hard to come by. Right. Um, now, I will say that 
step in the right direction in the last two years for the state is that recovery housing for individuals that are receiving Medicaid public behavioral health uh, funding um, recovery houses are now reimbursable in that structure so it's been complicated to figure that out we haven't worked out all the kinks there but it's a step in the right direction because historically they've always been either grant funded or out of pocket mm -hmm. um, and for individuals that are engaging and coming into a recovery house a lot of times they're just can't afford it leaving yeah a residential treatment facility and they're not in a place where they're um, working again and really reintegrating themselves into other um, activities of daily living that would bring in an income so having that reimbursement models really supportive um, good so that is positive very positive of course we um, continue to work to expand our um, crisis response system that's serving the eastern shore um, midshore behavioral health um, is the monitor for all nine counties of crisis services um, which is a large responsibility but it's the same vendor so affiliated sante group is your provider of, of crisis services here in the region and they continue to grow in their capacity to offer 24 7 services as well as specialized services for our child and adolescent population we're um, looking at some new funding to bring on even more capacity to serve our youth and young adults um, that are in crisis uh, i will say to their compliment the pandemic did not slow them down. They continued to respond in person, um, of course, safely with precautions, but that did not stop during the pandemic, which was a critical resource to maintain because you know the pandemic coupled with the isolation and mental health needs and families being together or households being together that aren't historically spending that much time with each other, there was some new new and different situations i think that emerged out of that so we were very grateful that our um, mobile crisis teams were able to meet those needs um, at any point in the day so that's a, a one thing i want to make sure that you all are aware of um, i think audra is going to tell you about a new resource that's come in also funded through state <coughs> opioid response dollars um, that's specific to our um, adolescent population so I am super excited about the Adolescent Clubhouse model that actually went live April 1st. We have a north that is covering four of the counties in the mature, in, including Kent, Queen Anne, Talbot and Caroline, and then a south that's covering Dorchester County. Um, I don't know if anybody was able to um, visit Minary Stream Open House last Saturday, their one year anniversary. Minary Stream Alliance is who the, our contract is with and um, the exciting piece of this is it's targeting 12 to 17 year olds who are at risk of or have an opioid use disorder so it's also a prevention program mm -hmm. and they're partnering with washington college they're partnering with a track and field group they're partnering partnering with the ymca they have a podcast studio they're working on getting up and running um, they are looking to purchase the property of the vfw in chestertown down on the Chester River, which it's an amazing piece of property. Um, hopefully we'll be able to have um, kayaking and canoeing to really be able to get some life skills. They have a kitchen there, um, <clears throat> availability to, um, they're gonna have different um, life skill classes, parenting classes, um, social skills groups. They're gonna have an LGBTQ group and multiple other groups, lots of activities, 
collaborating across the five counties of the Midshore. And um, I, I believe in April, they were able to serve five youth. That was their very first month. So five youth is huge. Um, the, the really exciting thing about My Neighbor's Dream Alliance, it's Paul Tu and Doncella Wilson are two of the um, board members and they have lots of connections for collaborating across the five counties of the Midshore. Um, they also have relationships with a lot of kids. So they're easily able to get them in. We didn't have to wait for them to find the children. They're able to find these 12 to 17 year olds and are doing some really exciting things. They've named, the youth have named their group Club Fear. Okay, face everything and rise yep. is what fear stands <laughs> for. So um, face everything and rise. And um, we're just super excited about this funding. It's taken a while to get it live. Um, we started working on it with BHA in July mm -hmm. and are really excited to see what comes from this. The, uh, there were a couple other little things I just wanted to highlight. Um, our Healthy Transitions Program run out of Crossroads serves between 25 and 30 um, young people. And I wanna say it's 19 to 24 year old um, young adults. Who, have, who, who don't have to have an adult mental health diagnosis, which so often, once you cross over at 19 years old, you have to have an adult, so a serious diagnosis, whether bipolar or any of the other serious mental health diagnoses. With this grant through SAMHSA, they don't have to have an adult diagnosis. They can have ADHD, they can have anxiety, depression, um, and they are also working to teach them life skills, um, supported employment, supported education, transitional aid, uh, transitional housing, um, and I have been able to see a number of the kids, I call them all kids because they're younger than my kids, young adults, um, and the gains that they've been able to make through these programs. So I'm super excited about that. The other thing I wanted to just highlight is our um, child, adolescent, and young adult work group is very vibrant. Um, one of the things that we have worked on for the last year is high priority has been with our school system partners, our mental health coordinators mm -hmm. from at least four of the counties attend regularly and collaborate a lot. What's working? What's not working? You know, we're all concerned about getting these young people back in school and getting them caught back up to where they need to be. And um, our work group, I just love it. It's an hour and a half and usually we go overtime. Um, because people are collaborating. Oh, you've done this and this has worked. Okay, then we're going to try this. Um, and like I said, you know, our our priority is to make sure that every child has the access to the services that they need, so that they can be resilient, regain <laughs> where they were, get back into school, so that of course they can be a a, a productive adult and a part of our communities. So, how long is there? That I, do you, I know it's brand new, but are you seeing that you staying there for one month, two months, three months? What, what's the length? For which one? For the adolescent clubhouses? The, the 12 to 17. Yes. So, so we don't know yet. Um, there is no time limit. Okay. So they can stay. And um, I don't know that we know exactly how many years. We don't, we don't have a definite on how many years at the moment we have funding for. Well, we're hoping that there's the Eastern Shore up until... Um, we applied for the clubhouse funding. Hadn't there's there's never been a clubhouse model on the shore. Mm -hmm. There's five on the western shore, and several that have been well established for you know 20, 25 years. 
Um, the model's um, empirically based. There's a lot of evidence around um, the success of getting young adults engaged in that sort of um, supportive setting that's non-traditional outside of where they would get mental health services. So it's encouraged to have it be sort of a, a provider that's not giving them direct services. Nevertheless, um, we're hoping that we will be able to sustain this funding starting with the state opioid response grant and moving them over into federal block grant, which is more permanent. Um, that's we're actually, as of today, in negotiations around sustainability planning for that. So we're, we're very hopeful for the continued support. I, I, um, we're also looking at some capital um, grant opportunities mm -hmm. to get them some more um, brick and mortar locations uh, throughout the region so they can have um, established locations, ideally, um, in more than one county in each in each location. So it's very exciting. I can't imagine any of the young people dropping out quickly right. because they are having a lot of fun. Um, there's a mentoring group that's also working with them. And I had the opportunity to meet the couple who's who's in charge of the mentoring group. And I asked the gentleman if they have problems getting male mentors because so often in traditional mentoring programs, that's a problem. And we're, and they have a lot of males in the program <clears throat> and he said are you kidding we only have one woman really like wow we need to do know what you're doing mm -hmm. to get the men involved mm -hmm. so i can't imagine um that they're going to drop out anytime too quickly because mm -hmm. they do a lot of fun stuff um they're going to be doing field trips um all kinds of uh, be, figuring out how to do podcasts so that they can start there and then they'll have those skills to be able to take with them um, there's just so many cool things that they're working on. Good. I wanted to touch on one, a couple other items. I know that Audra has one or two other Queen Anne specific things. Um, one thing that we started uh, back in early September of last year was we have a Bay Bridge um, initiative group that um, out of Mitchell Behavioral Health, we, I said, you know, there was a lot of visibility last summer with incidents on the bridge involving individuals that were um, unfortunately either successfully completed a suicide attempt or were um, presenting as a, trying to attempt to take their life. Um, and I know this, the unfortunate part about social media is that it became very public, very, um, some comments that were made that were just disappointing to say the least. Um, and of course, you know, folks reach into organizations like Midshore Behavioral Health and say, well, what are you guys doing about this? I said, well, not anything actively, but we can start doing something. So we did. Um, so I reached out to our Behavioral Health Administration, our Office of Suicide uh, Prevention, as well as our peer um, authority over in Anne Arundel County, since we both you know, essentially have equal um, responsibility with supporting crisis on the bridge. Um, interestingly enough, um, this was the first time that we had a real relationship or conversation with our MDOT uh, folks that are over the activities on the bridge and help manage critical incidents. Mm. Um, we now meet every six weeks. Um, the leadership team that manages the bridge, their um, critical incident response team, all the individuals that are there doing the um, incident management, our crisis response system that serves the Queen Anne's County side of the bridge and our crisis response system that serves the Anne Arundel side of the bridge and our behavioral health administration. And we have seen 
tremendous improvement with response and communication and how folks are handled and supported and have a warm handoff, or as we call it, a hot handoff, back either back to their county of origin, get them engaged in treatment, hospitalization, continued support of the family members or support persons that are bearing witness to what's going on. Um, I'm hopeful that we're moving in the right direction, at least with providing support for individuals in need that find themselves on the bridge. And of course, our team members that are serving them, um, it's been tremendous to see that partnership um, and that the line of communication just opening up has really um, enhanced quality and I think how we're trying to support situations that do arise. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention because last summer was, um, I mean, unusual. Mm -hmm. And so um, we felt very compelled to make sure that we were addressing that from a, a public health um, response as well. Um, one thing that we sort of um, thought about and reflected about is just a, an awareness campaign. Of course, we were right in the thick of the, uh, the, the virus, and um, so we were able to secure some funding to bring um, a suicide prevention and wellness initiative that's, of course, virtual, um, that we are, um, we've, we've secured um, funding to um, have uh, Kevin Hines, who's very well known um, nationally and internationally as a, a survivor of suicide. He attempted to take his life off the Golden Gate Bridge about 20 years ago. He now has made it his life's work <coughs> to public speak and storytell and, and instill his messaging of hope. Um, and so we've been working with him ever since probably late November. Uh, and we have a seven-part film series. We're moving into our fifth film this Thursday um, where it's with a veterans focus. Um, we've done different populations. We started out with our first responder group um, that have been very much impacted by the coronavirus and the stress. Um, we've had a, a youth focus, an older adult, adult focus. Um, but this Thursday, if you're interested, we can follow up with materials to participate in our veterans focus. Um, that's this Thursday evening from 5.30 to 7.30. Then we have our final part, which is um, men's mental health in June, in June 10th. So that really all spurred out of the discussion around, well, what can we do to get the messaging out around suicide prevention and wellness? And with, with the Bay Bridge incidents, and Kevin Hines really came to mind. I said, you know, he's, he's the face of, of, of hope and, and, and really uh, has been such a gift to bring, not just to the shore, but the whole state has been participating. It's been wonderful. So. It sounds like that, that, that you have <clears throat> a lot going on. And, Absolutely. And you're, only in front of us, <laughs> you're only in front of us once a year. Sure. And, and I, would, I would encourage um, my fellow commissioners to, to consider having you at least come in every six months. Sure. Just, no, just we would love it. So I know we have so much. We could, we, could, we could be here all night, and I know we don't want to take your whole <laughs> evening up. Um, but, yes, That's I think that would, that would that be. You should probably that be here be... At, at least. Uh, twice a year, sure. If not more, we can do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Audra, if you had any other pieces that you wanted to highlight, and then we'll we'll close. We thank you for your time. Sure. I wanted to just highlight. Um, there's a partnership right now with Rally Cares that has a um, a bedroom, a teen's bedroom set up. That we're doing a virtual um, presentation at each of the county schools. Um, Queen Anne's County was a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. This week is it tomorrow? Today is Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's tomorrow. 
um, where all the middle school and high school families have gotten flyers for it, gotten email blasts for it. Um, Rally Cares has partnered with us and um, we're going, hoping to do a live event this fall with them as well, um, trying to, again, promote awareness, what to look for, how to know, you know, what are the signs, what does this mean? Um, so many parents come to us after the fact and say, I had no idea, and we want to help them to have the idea so that they can find it, catch it early. Um, was there anything else that jumped out that you think we needed to highlight? I think that's probably. I think that's, yeah, yeah, All right. Thank you very much. I'll uh, entertain the motion, Phil. Sure. Um, I'll move um, that Commission President Chris Corcorino side the Midshore Behavioral Health Corps Service Agreement for fiscal year 2022. Second. Motion to second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion passes. Thank you very much. Thank and you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and helping sure, you. Sure, and we will. Um, we look forward to seeing you in six take months. note to thank come you. back. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both. We'll see you in six months, and uh, we'll, we'll get that scheduled right away. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah. All right, commissioners, you, item uh, yeah. number three. Actually, we don't have anything in the book, but we do have the um, opioid awareness poster contest next. And uh, Julie Kelly is maybe here. I don't, or is this going to be a Zoom? No. They're, they're out there, right? They're, oh, they're here. Okay, great. All right. Is this Warren, are you in this too? Warren's out there. Yep. And Warren? Hmm. All right, come on in. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, our troop is coming in. Okay, great. Had a lot of competition this year, and uh, are you going to present more? And you can sit up yeah, here. Okay. You can sit down yeah, there. sure. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want them, Warren? They're all behind you. Why don't we have them come in front of us? Yeah, we'll come right. I told come them up. come right over here, and I'll introduce them. I want to make sure we see them on the screen, so we, they can all see you. And you can hold up your poster and then set it back down because they like to see your artwork. There we go. Okay. There you are. And as soon as they've seen it, you can put it down so they can look at you. Actually, come around this side. Come around this side and you stand can stand in front of us and face Warren. Face Warren. And you have to stare, you have to look at Warren, but yeah. it won't be for you a long time. You want to put long. your backs to us, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That way, Warren, while you're talking. And then you can I see yourselves up I on the screen. That's what everybody else these. is seeing back home. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, you guys identify yourself when I call your name from Ken Island High School. Um, the opioid poster awareness contest, by the way, this is our third year for that. This year we had a really lot of uh, applicants and the work was really good. But from Ken Island High School, the winner was Alyssa Scalia. All right. Queen Anne's County High School, uh, Rebecca McGrary. Uh, Mattapique Middle School, Olivia Valenti. Close. 
Okay. Sutterville Middle School, Jamie Baldwin. Centerville Middle School, Clarissa Franzconi. And just came in and I have not met Maryland Juarez. Congratulations, you guys. I would like to tell the, the commissioners uh, that the high school winners are receiving uh, driver's education classes with uh, Tracks Driving School. And I'm not going to get up here, you are, if you guys would come up and get your certificate to high school students. And the middle school students are all getting a 300, wait a minute, what? $300 Amazon gift card. If you guys would come up and get your card. And there's, there's some other things in here and they're all labeled the middle school. And these two things are labeled for the high school. Now here's what you have to do in order to earn them. No, those are yours and you can grab them on the way out. Um, the prizes were donated to know Commissioner Moran knows because he was sitting there. Um, they just mentioned that they're having the poster contest and there's a tradition of trying to give the best prizes that we can. And so the Drug Free Coalition members there uh, donated $3,000. Economy Tree was a big uh, giver and Mission uh, House in Kent County. And Trax Advantage Driving Academy, which is here, gave us a really good price on the uh, driving school. So that is cool. And uh, again, I've said it six times, but uh, saying it in front of the county commissioners carries a lot more weight. We would like to thank you, all of you for your creative skills that you utilized to produce these graphic messages. Uh, you'll be happy to know your names will be announced on WCEI 96.7. I think that's in Easton. Your pictures will be in the Shore Update, the Bay Times, and the Record Observer. And of course, Channel 7. You can watch yourselves on YouTube. And the best part, which you didn't seem that impressed with what I was. We got lots of copies. You guys have signed a release for everything. And we're placing those posters at all the middle schools and high schools nice. in a county next year as part of QA Goes Program. Now there's one other thing I wanted to um, uh, present Julie Kiley. She's probably taking pictures. There she is right there. Stand up and see how tall you are. And um, I can say that as chairman, I did nothing. She did everything. And one other thing about Julie, she works for the Board of Education. She jumps out of perfectly good airplanes on purpose. <laughs> Thank you all very, very much. And we would dearly love to have a picture of you guys with the winner. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You want to go around? You want to stay up here? Yeah. Come on, Mr. Wilson. That way they can see the picture still. That's suitable for framing. I think the one thing that I'm excited the most about is that these posters are going to be shared all over the county. That's going to be the best part. Yeah. And we'll have them sign them if they're okay with that. They already have the names on. It's already been printed. George Harvey did it. Thank you all, Commissioner, very much. Thank, Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Job well done.
Yep, thank you all. Thank you That's all. Great, great posters. Okay, commissioners, moving on. We have um, Heather Finelli and Katie Clendaniels Daniels from our Economic Development and Tourism, and they have a marketing update here for us this evening. Next. And I think they have a presentation they're going to pull up. Yes, there we are on the big screen. So come on up. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Good to see you. I don't think we're going to be able to top that. Those were really, <laughs> yeah, those are really talented. Pretty incredible. Good. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Whoops. Thank you very much. We promise to be short and sweet, um, and we do appreciate your time. We wanted to make sure to come before you tonight to give you an update on our marketing efforts. Katie Clendaniel joined us in December, and she has been going at it, getting, um, doing some great things with our marketing, um, and we've really started to see the impacts of that, and we're just so happy to have her. So I brought her here to, um, to give you an update of what we're doing, and then after that I wanted to show you uh, a quick tool on business attraction that we're working on. So Katie? Thank you. So we have a, a little PowerPoint for you up here. Um, I find that it just helps me to summarize and we love to use beautiful photographs of our county. So um, there are uh, four key projects that were have defined the last uh, six months, I would say. Um, so the branding marketing strategy development, which uh, we reached out to a number of you to, to uh, potentially participate in our visitor's guide, uh, our marketing and advertising activities, and our website and product development. So uh, the last time I was here, we were um, approving our con selected contractor for the branding and marketing strategy development. And that really came out of wanting to create a better definition of our messaging for the county and these are some examples of the diversity of graphics and messaging that was coming out of the county um, over the last few years so um, for us and marketing and messaging it's a little all over the place um, so the branding and marketing was really a effort that Heather started um, writing the USDA grant um, and um, selecting Choptank Communications to move forward to help us really define from the ground up through a very defined process from the people um, what that would look like going forward, both for our department and potentially beyond that. Um, so uh, over the last few months, we've been very busy with this project and uh, we conducted four focus groups, um, several key individual interviews, um, and we also did a community survey, which was out for two weeks, um, and that was launched through our social media, email, um, and we shared that with everyone who participated otherwise um, in other aspects. Um, so uh, there were 308 responses to the community online survey. Um, there was a 63% completion rate. It was open for two weeks. Most of our responses came in the first five days. Um, the survey was geared towards visitors, business owners, employees of Queen Anne's County businesses, primary and secondary home, home residents, um, and the survey was segmented to focus on those individual audiences. Um, the survey was also geared towards the characteristics and helping us define the personality of the county um, and articulating the key assets and challenges that the county may have. 
Um, the timeline to finish this project, uh, right now we have a draft uh, platform in front of us, um, branding platform, and a few initial concepts, um, but they are not quite ready to launch the public yet. Um, so we are hoping to see some of the initial creative come out of that very soon. So we anticipate ultimately being able to launch this in middle to late July. Um, the other major project that we're undertaking right now is a new visitors or destination guide. So the last ones were produced in 2018 and again in, a new one in 2019. Um, this is anticipated to be able to launch in July of this, this year, so just in another month. <laughs> and um, so the, the guide will ultimately change from what we have produced in the past. It'll be content and image driven. It'll be inspirational, inspiring people on trip ideas and why they would want to come to Queen Anne's County. What are the areas that distinguish Queen Anne's County from other areas? Um, and we want to help direct them to local experiences and places and help to tell our local story. So these are some examples of, um, we're working with uh, Chesapeake Bay Media and they are producing visitor guides for other communities like Annapolis, Dorchester, Talbot County, and they are broadening that reach. Um, there's a lot of benefits that come with working with them. Um, they have their own media reach, which we are able to piggyback on, on top of our individual reach. Um, so the distribution, we are increasing the number of printed copies that we have produced in the past. Uh, we will have more here for our county to distribute. In the past, we have not distributed very well locally to our local hotel. So once people are here, connecting them with things to do and places to see and places to eat. Um, we are able to, like I mentioned, piggyback onto the Chesapeake Bay Media subscribers. It will be directly mailed to over 12,000 print media uh, subscribers that they have. It'll go out in their summer issue, which will be the special weekend issue. Um, and then we use a third party distributor as well to help us get outside of our local drive market to uh, travel destinations, so RV, dealers, motorcycle dealers, AAA offices, travel agencies to help get our guide in those places where travelers are going to get information or, you know, our travel destinations. And then we'll also work with our local Maryland State Welcome Centers. There'll be a digital guide component, um, and which of course Chesapeake Bay Media will also help to distribute to their followers, um, their email subscribers, and then um, to ours. So these are our draft editorial uh, content areas. I won't go into a great amount of detail, um, but these are here for you to uh, get a better understanding of some of the content that's being written into the guide. So it's very content-driven, um, magazine-like versus listing businesses. And uh, marketing and advertising. So this has been a key activity for us um, as it normally is, but with the special um, circumstances of COVID. <laughs> so um, we normally get a, a State of Maryland marketing grant, um, which we administer and we're able to match that or use that 100% in certain areas. So it can be a little tricky and we have to gauge our marketing around what their requirements are to take advantage of that. 
Um, but in addition to that, we also have um, special COVID-related funds that each have their own nuance. So we've been kind of rolling with that as they come in, just like the county has with all of the other additional funding um, for other activities. So that's kept us on our toes. Um, this, these are our 2021 focus areas. So making sure we're creating original content, um, utilizing high quality images and photography. Um, we are now in the process of growing our photography assets so that we can freshen up our image. Um, restarting email marketing, uh, which is now happening. Anyone can go to our visitqueenanns.com website and subscribe to receive emails now um, about uh, local communications. Um, making the website easier to navigate, um, appealing to the consumer, and being a source of information for original content about what to do in the area. Um, we've also been actively working to tighten up our graphics. So um, really unifying all the graphics that we're putting out so that we don't have one product that looks like one thing and something that looks like another. It's very image driven. So these are some of the, the funding sources that we use to market the county that I mentioned. So these are some of the digital ad products that are out right now, um, also some outdoor um, as you can see, this is very much about, again, unifying our image. These are some of our uh, print marketing creatives. Um, so we have really been trying to pick up on the tremendous um, assets that we have in terms of craft beverages here. It really is special, I think, to have eight um, breweries, wineries, and distilleries in, in one county. Our outdoor, um, especially paddling, birding, are things that we're trying to elevate. So our website, these are just some basic statistics um, based on 2020 numbers, which we know that 2020 was a funky year, um, but the website only launched in uh, September of 2019. So we do follow metrics based on that starting point because that's all we have right now to work with, but um, to see how well we're doing based on visitor traffic to the website. So we look at some of these stats, annual number of individual users. We have over 24,000 individual visitors to our website. 12.6 or close to 13% are returning. So they come back for a second or third visit. 87% um, are new. Um, our annual sessions are 32,000. So that reflects that returning number. Um, the number of sessions per user is about <coughs> one and a half. Um, and we have over 67, almost 68,000 individual page views because we have more than one page on our website. So um, some of the things that we've done recently with the website is to make sure that we're creating original written content. So it's a source of original information that people wanna come to the website and read about or hear about or learn about. So we have, um, we had a blog functionality um, which was buried in the website that is now easily accessible from the homepage. And the same thing with local events and local happenings. So anyone in the community that has an event happening, we can get your event up onto the website as a source of things that people might want to go and do. These are our social media priorities. Um, I will say Instagram is the hottest ticket right now. 
Um, it's our biggest growth area. And when we look at what's happening with the state of Maryland, you know, Instagram is really um, an important travel um, inspirational platform. And so our numbers also reflect that. We have a really great person working on social media and she's the one who's getting the content out on a daily basis and she's doing an exceptional job. Um, so our priorities for social media are to integrate with our state marketing campaign calendar. So we're working with the state to know what their, their calendar looks like so we can work with them and cross tag, um, promoting local events and happenings, events drive traffic. So people are very interested in events and um, Queen Anne's County was very fortunate to host the boat show, which was a big deal for the state um, opening after, co after COVID. <laughs> um, we're sharing travel articles. Um, we are leveraging Instagram as a travel inspiration oriented platform. And we're trying to stay up to date on new changes that are constantly happening with social media. So another important component of what we're focused on is product development. So really the key to this is um, working to support our local partner organizations and destinations to help them in the areas that they need in terms of capacity or print media or, you know, so we are, we are trying to reach out as much as possible right now. So I have been out of the office. <laughs> Quite a bit, Heather will tell you, it's a little bit painful maybe, but <laughs> trying to get out in front of people as much as possible, understand what their needs are, and then figure out how we can help support that or help fill that or work with them. And then the same thing for us and our assets and our materials, you know, where are the gaps in our materials and how do we help connect the dots? And we try to make sure we do that as efficiently as possible. So that's me. <laughs> We're just, we're real tickled to have uh, Katie, as I mentioned before, and we've come a long way um, despite COVID and having, um, you know, closures and being shut down or not being able to utilize all of our assets. So um, I feel that we did really well um, despite the restrictions that we had and we're moving in the right direction. And um, I feel over the next year, it's, it's going to be great. We're going to take off, and I don't want to take too much of your, more of your time, but I did want to share a tool. Um, can I have that? The uh, Upper Shore Regional Council funded uh, a data story for us. Do you have that? Yeah, I'm bringing it up um, right now. That was, they funded Kent County and Queen Anne's County and Cecil County. Each one has their own data story, and so we worked with the, the company to develop our, our tool. Um, that we're going to use for business attraction and you'll see in a minute why it's really nice. It's an interactive tool that we're going to link to our website. We're going to use it in our print media through a QR code um, and you can see here. So we're also going to send it to um, anyone that's interested in bringing their business over here or I'm going to do this. Uh, they're, they're going to scroll forward, but if you stop here, it's an interactive um, mapping tool as well as uh, you can find out stats and kind of move out of this tool if you so choose and go to our website but it focuses on um, accessibility the fact that we are pretty much accessible anywhere up and down the east coast within one day which is also where the majority of our population is in the united states so that you think of that the number of people that um, a business located here could get to as well as um, as far as drive times is pretty great um, we also talk about the, the different businesses that are located here and the type of workers that we have here. Um, you can see we focus on a diverse residential workforce. Um, 
Chesapeake College, Reed Millwork, Paul Reed, um, Federal Resources, all four, all five of those are, are different in, in what they offer in the, in the um, employees that work there. Friels, can you scroll down some more? Thank you. Um, and this just tells you where they're located. Uh, and this is just some more visuals on the diversity of where people uh, work, where our, our workforce. I wish I could move it myself. Um, and you can see the proximity. This is just some of the major metro areas that we're close to. D.C., 45 minutes, Baltimore, 45 minutes, Philadelphia, 75 minutes, New York, about two hours. Um, next, you'll see that these are some of the, um, the, the attractive tax structure that we have where the majority of the places in Queen Anne's County. Queen Anne's County does not have personal property tax, um, so that's rare. Um, when you look at the state, so that's a, a great option. We're the second lowest county tax in the state of Maryland. Um, the average cost per acre for industrial land is about 225000 and $7 average rent. Now that's on warehouse industrial, you know, not on uh, retail. Um, but th those are, are great things when somebody's looking at the money side of things um, when they're considering moving their business here. We have some incentives with the enterprise zone and opportunity zone. They can click through that and find out more information. Uh, we find that a good portion of, um, or we feel, that those that are looking to move here are looking to move for our quality of life. So one of the things we point out is what you can do when you're here, whether it's for your employees, whether it's because you want to move here. Um, outdoor activities and you can link through to find out more information. Um, if you scroll down to the very end, one of the things I wanted to point out that I thought was kind of interesting to see. Um, this is all interactive tool. Um, one more map. Uh, yeah, you can see here and it's kind of hard to, to see without um, seeing the, there you go. You can see the legend there. It talks about where the workers are located um, or the business type of, with employee counts. And you can see, um, just for example, public administration around Centerville would make sense. Healthcare um, near Queenstown makes sense. Um, utility transportation, those that are in the construction fields or are up in the, the North County area. I, I found that to be interesting. Um, and, and useful for somebody looking to move their business here, where their labor is coming from, and what the skill set is. Um, can you scroll down some more, please? Uh, this is a, another uh, cool thing to, to look at. Yes, this is it. The educational attainment. We have a highly educated workforce. Um, although the majority of them are working across the bridge, it's still um, interesting to see uh, how many, if you scroll down just a little bit more, you'll be able to see the breakdown of where they, they live. Um, and then also as far as household incomes, which is important to a retailer. So if a retailer or a restaurant were moving here, they'd want to see um, who's living in the area as far as what their income level is, what their education level is, um, how close they are to a major traffic thoroughfare, and so this tool provides all that information and, it, and it's interactive. And our goal, again, is to use it to um, make sure that those that are looking to move into the area, that they really know what we're all about, to be able to dive deep, get some information, and then hopefully reach out to us so that we can further catch them and bring them in and seal the deal. So um, it, it is a great tool and I wish I could show you more, but I'll share you the um, the, the link so that you can go in and, and move around yourself.
uh, we really like this is another one that I wanted to, to show that was kind of um, cool is if you go down a little bit further there was a heat map that shows where everybody's driving to work to um, a little bit more there you go see that I thought that that was in commuter destination commuter destinations of county residents we know that a good portion of our workforce drives outside of the area and you can see I mean some are the orange spots are more um, a larger number of people work there but you can see along 5301 we know that our uh, Chesapeake um, Bay um, center over there to the right has quite a bit but you can see a pocket in Annapolis you can see the pocket in DC and in the Baltimore area so I, I just thought that that was very interesting to see where they were working um, and where they're going um, so that's really it. I just wanted to give you an update of what we're doing. We're, we're very busy and very um, thankful that we have the opportunities that we have. And um, we really feel like not only do we have the ability to attract tourists and people that are coming to stay and spend their money and go home, we also have the opportunity um, to attract <clears throat> great businesses that can move over here, as well as focus on our, focus on our existing businesses um, and provide them opportunities to grow as well. So. Um, it's one of the great things that I love is, you know, just about every day we get a phone call or an email of someone looking to grow their business, start their business here, um, need financing because they want to buy a piece of equipment, whatever it is, we definitely see a lot of growth and mm. it's nice. Anybody have any questions? When do you think you'll have your, uh, you might have said it already and I missed it, but when do you think you'll have your rebranding all wrapped up and ready for july we'll come to you before we do that sure. for approval yeah. but <laughs> hopefully oh, july july okay yeah sure. right yeah hopefully it's public in july so we don't i mean the goal was to have it by the end of june but I, we just don't believe in forcing a square peg for a round yep. hole either in turn we want to make sure we're moving at the right the right speed but we also want to have a nice new product so it would I probably help if the commissioners get her feedback quicker <coughs> i did not say that <laughs> <laughs> i mean we got a lot of good feedback off of our draft mm -hmm. because we do i think you know everyone wants to understand the nuances because that's important you know every every it's about convenience as a place and what does right. that mean so, and you can't sell other people on your community if you don't know who you are and you can't define it. So, that's the stage we're in right now. Well, I think you guys are doing an excellent job. I mean, and this is tons of information that you guys have put together, not just for the presentation here, but for people who are interested in doing business in Queen Anne's County. I think it's a tremendous amount of resources and quite a toolbox you've created for them. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Katie. Great work, yeah. All right, commissioners, item number five in our book, our feature presentation for the night is uh, our the adoption of our fiscal 22 budget. We have a resolution to establish the fiscal year 2022 annual budget for Queen Anne's County. So we have our new budget and finance director, Nicole Pepper, here tonight. So. Um, we did make one change. The resolution on your desk is a little bit different than uh, the one in the book. We had to make one late change. I think we all know that the 
maintenance of effort certificate came in from the Board of Education late last week, so we had to adjust that so that the budget would include funding for the Board of Education maintenance of effort certificate. So we made that adjustment uh, to the annual budget. Which was how much? The amount is um, $1,525,830 above the effort that we funded them last year. So we had originally proposed $1 more, uh, which was uh, the hold harmless amount from uh, fiscal 20 to or 21 to 22, but the MOE certificate came in much higher. It was kind of the worst case scenario. They, they required us to use the three-year average for enrollment calculations and the escalator was applied to the uh, uh, last year's amount. So that you know increased our requirement uh, Considerably. Obviously. And the hold harmless, how much did they get for the $1 over initially? They got 3.1, right? 3.1 million. So they got a total of $4.6 million over last year without CARES money. And, and uh, they also got their separate CARES funding that I said outside of this. Sands the 6.7 they got for the CARES. They got 4.6 million in operational. For this year, so we're over over 10 million more. Right. When you put all this together, that they Correct. received. Yep. Mm. Enough said. That was the only change that we had from the last presentation was the additional amount for the board of ed, which we funded with fund balance. Mm. Other than that, everything else was consistent, so there was no other changes. And just remember, gentlemen, this raises our Kerwin baseline next year. It does raise it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we will no longer be on Kerwin. We will be on our own Kerwin. Kerwin Plus. Kerwin Plus, yeah. And I think, how many, was it four counties, actually, that got bumped? I don't know. All the counties, you mean? Yeah. Was it I don't four? know how many counties exactly got bumped. I know some went down. I thought it was four that actually got considerable, like kind of like what we got. Really? No. Yeah. A lot of more status quo. But it, it, again, it's, it's, it, it all comes down to that average. We have a flat average, no real fluctuations. You know, Kent County went way down. But they've had huge student fluctuations, so they benefit from that to some extent. We're, we're kind of flat. But we'll see what next year does. If we don't get 337 students back next year, that average is going to go down. So. Well, on the upside with, um, you know, the improvements that are being made and Restrictions being lifted, our students should be back in school full time, five days a week. And with this extra money they're getting from CARES and everything, you know, we should have an excellent year for the kids. But Jack, yeah, I just don't think. Point. I just don't think. I don't think you're going to see. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are. I think it's going to take a while to get 337 kids back in the system. Honestly, but, I mean, to me, even if they don't get 337 kids back, they just go back and do the same thing they did this year. Right. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying, and I, and I honestly, I still think they're gonna they're gonna take the if they're not getting the money, they're just gonna say, okay, let's raise the escalator. Right. Okay, you guys aren't. Uh, let's raise your escalator. Let's right. get you to where we want you at. Right. So, right now we are we are being mandated by the state basically where we're going to be at, and it's not a student population anymore. All those things right. aren't. They're right. really not. They driving. change the rules. Yeah. They just change exactly. The rules. Exactly what they did. The same thing that was the they fear of most. Post, the next right. post on our budget. Instead of the state pointing out their extra money to take care of it, it's, it's beyond frustration. It is. It actually is. It's actually, anger now. But I mean, you, I mean, ten million, if you calculate in that money, 
from this. All right, well. And that's the good news. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that our budget and finance team did a great job trying to predict uh, the Board of Education funding this year. I think we, you know, we offered what we thought was the interpretation of the, of the various laws. And I think, you know, commissioners mentioned that, you know, the, the rules were adjusted slightly this year. You know, we didn't anticipate them using the three-year averages. Um, that came in late, and usually we get that MLE certificate in March, typically, right, correct. during session. It came in, you know, just last week, so we were sort of, you know, we didn't have much opportunity to, to repeal or, you know, dispute that. So it, that's where we are. By design, I think. By design. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Funny how that works out. Okay. Jim. All right, I move to adopt the FY 2022 operating and capital budgets. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? With an asterisk. All right. 5 0. Aye. Passes. I figured we've had enough discussion over it. Nobody had anything more to say. Yeah, right. Thank you very much, Commissioners. Thank you, Nicole, for coming up today. Sure. Thank That's you. Great. Excellent job. Thank Thanks, you Nicole. very much. Brittany did all the work, so I'll definitely pass this along to her. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Commissioners, that's all of our business this evening. Uh, we can go to our press and pub public comment period uh, part two, if there's anybody that has signed up or signed up on Zoom or have sent comments in. Anybody on Zoom? Oh, we've got nobody on Zoom, but we did get an email in about an hour ago. All right, ago. do we have anybody signed up outside? Check. Because if it's just an email, we can say, you know, just read that and roll on through. Only if you ran out there and signed up, because there's just nobody left. Nobody outside. Let's read the email. Okay. This email is from uh, Laura Robbins from Daycare Incorporated. Dear Commissioners, as with a heavy heart, I am writing this letter to you today. My name is Laura Robbins. I am the current director of Daycare Incorporated. I have just learned that Daycare Incorporated will not receive a grant from the Queen Anne's County Commissioners this year. It has left me perplexed and dismayed. Daycare Incorporated has been receiving grant monies from Queen Anne's County for a number of years and have been very appreciative of what has been received. The monies have been a real help in keeping the business in operation and in helping to achieve the extras that could not be afforded with just operational income. I would love to show you the playground improvements that were made in the last year with the grant monies received last year. It is the first time in many years that improvements could be made to the playground. The children love it. As many of you know, Daycare Incorporated has been providing childcare services to the families of Queen Anne's County since 1971. There are many families that will tell you that they are glad we are part of the community. It is a struggle to operate a child care center and can also be very frustrating. It is a very labor intensive business and one that can only charge reasonably for their services or see the attendance and income decline. This is why receiving grant monies from the county is such a boost each year. It is perplexing to me that we are not receiving the quote unquote extra shot in the arm this year. This has been one of the toughest for daycare. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, our operations have been greatly affected. We had to turn away a large percentage of our families and stop providing them the childcare they needed. We had to put over half our staff on unemployment and take over two months to give them viable employment again. Without a moment's hesitation, it was decided to keep the doors open to essential employees only in the state of Maryland. It just was not an option not to be available to the families that are so desperately needed us. Daycare has served the community proudly for 50 years and wanted to be available in their hour of need. It has been a struggle in a year that many have struggled. I understand that. I know that there are many businesses that have struggled as such, if not more than daycare has. 
Without receiving grant monies, it will be another year of struggle. Enrollment is still down because of the instability and the inability to bring families back due to space restrictions. We must adhere to MSDE guidelines or be shut down. And that means that income is being limited once again. This is a strain because of still having to buy extra supplies and most times at elevated prices. Having to obtain the internet services necessary for virtual learning has tripled that expense. The upcoming increase in labor costs is something that we are trying to get a jump on. It will be devastating to have to do the increase all at once. So the plan is to do it in tiny increments at a time, not seeing income increase to before COVID-19 levels until possibly September or possibly later is very disparaging. The grant monies that would be received this year would allow daycare to have the funds for additional expenses that need to be taken care of now, not years down the road. It is known that it would be difficult or downright impossible to take monies from operations to care of some of our items now. I am asking, maybe even imploring, that you look over the budget and make the decision to include Daycare Incorporated in receiving some grant monies this year. It would be greatly appreciated this year, as it has been in prior years. It would give us peace of mind that things can get done and not have to worry about the non-existent funds, where they will come from. Please consider the fact that Daycare Incorporated has been an integral part of the community for a long time. Should you have any questions, concerns, or just require more information on Daycare Incorporated, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I thank you in advance for reconsidering your decision. Respectfully submitted, Laura Dobbins, Director. And that is our only email. I appreciate Ms. Robbins uh, writing. And Todd, let's check on the, some of the CARES funding that comes in. I know there's different categories. Sounds like she's raised a couple issues that maybe we can see if some of the CARES funds applies to that. As far as the grants that we do as a county, uh, when people apply, there's no guarantee that you're gonna get it. And if you received a grant, one year, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get it the next year, and they're not meant to be used um, as sort of operating expenses for, for outside entities. So um, I understand the issue she's raised. Sounds like there's some COVID related, so we'll look into that and okay. see what we can do to help. Roundtable. Who would go first? Amy, Mamie, Phil. Okay. Um, I just have um, really more a, a comment and an observation than anything. Um, I, I love a lot of our businesses are looking for help. Um, you can't go into a business and not see a help wanted sign. Um, and and it, there's, it's frustrating for the business owners and the employees that are carrying the load uh, at these businesses that are understaffed. And I, I don't know the answer, you know, there's the question is, you know, the unemployment program that is being offered out there is it an incentive to not go back to work. Uh, again, I don't know the answer, but uh, just a couple of the concerns that were shared at the Kent Health Development Foundation meeting this morning that we had. Um, but on a more brighter note, I'd like to um, congratulate um, the graduating class from Kent Island High School and Queen Anne's County High School as our seniors graduate. Um, next week uh, and move on to two-year college, four-year college, a trade, um, perhaps uh, the paid fire services or paramedics, whatever they choose to do, nursing, um, best of luck to you. Go out and make us proud. Commissioner Wilson. Sure. Um, first, uh, Todd, did we, are we square on getting, because if you guys remember, we were supposed to have on the agenda tonight about the, uh, getting rid of the requirement to have your subs named on a permit. 
before you could get your building permit. I told Todd he can, was going to work on that inside, so we're good on that, right? Yeah, that policy change has been made at the, at the staff level at the planning and zoning, so that's, Perfect. that's rolling forward. Just wanted to follow up. Okay, um, the other thing is you, got, you gentlemen have a little packet on your desk to, uh, tagged APG on the front. So I met with APG Media. It's oh yeah, like I did. This. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I met with them last uh, beginning of this week. Thursday. Thursday uh, last week. Um, so they're they're obviously newsprint is down. So they're trying to look to, of a, at a way to rebrand themselves here in the region. You know, the Upper Shore, Mid Shore region, um, and they've come up with this idea here, which is more or less, um, I guess, to just really summarize it quickly. It's it's uh, it's a social media platform for people here local so that you can get off of Facebook if you just want to find out what's going on here. Um, it's going to be more of a positive website. It's going to uh, bring in businesses, uh, uh, education, everything. It's going to kind of try and wrap the whole mid, upper shore into one clearinghouse for information um, if you're looking for it. Like I said, if you don't want to have to go on to Facebook and be scroll through a bunch of painful posts just to get to something you may be looking for. Um, they're going to try to do similar to what we're working on here with a community calendar to uh, have all of our, um, our nonprofits and all represented from a calendar standpoint and things like that. So they're just rolling it out. They just wanted to meet with us. Um, I think it's a great idea because I think it's, it's going to be something that's positive in terms of media, uh, you know, in a social media platform. Um, so, like I said, it's it's a good idea that, like I said, they're not selling newspapers anymore. So when you're in a, in the in the business of getting uh, news and things like that out, this is a good way to rebrand themselves. So I just wanted you to see this. This is their initial stab at what they're looking at doing, and um, I'm sure there's going to be more to come here in the next few months as they, they, their plan is to roll out somewhere before the end of the year. Um, so we'll see what comes of it. It's kind of exciting. I know I'd like to be able to go on to something that's got a more positive spin to it. So. <laughs> I like my social media with complaints. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, that's an Italian. Name. You just, you know? Anyway, and uh, finally, I just want to, you know, this weekend's Memorial Day. Obviously, we're in a different spot than we were this time last year, Memorial Day. Uh, a lot more positivity out there. A lot more people hopefully are going to be getting out and enjoying the weekend. The weather looks like it's going to be halfway decent. Uh, but let's not forget what Memorial Day is all about, and that's to remember those that went before us to make sure that we could all sit here and govern as we do and have the freedoms that we do in this country and not take it for granted. So uh, God bless all those people and uh, gentlemen, enjoy your Memorial Day and congrats to the seniors. I will be at the Queen Anne's County graduation. So that's it. All right. Hello, Mr. Wilson. I'm going to uh, turn over my time to Commissioner Moran. <laughs> well, I don't need a lot of time, but uh, thank you for that. So. Uh, really, the only thing I have is um, I'll, I'll echo the sentiments of Mr. Wilson with it being Memorial Day. Uh, and first and foremost, since there's always a bridge to talk about, all the steel plates are gone. Before you go to there, thank you very much for your service to the United States Marine Corps. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, so the steel plates are gone. All the control joints are done. So we can't blame that on the backups anymore. And as we all know, uh, two days ago, Sunday, we had a 13-mile backup, 13 miles. I mean, and, the, and it was no accidents. It was no jumpers. It was just nice weather. pure, nice, nice weather. weather. It, was, it was just pure uh, capacity. What was so, the east side, Jim? What was the east side backup? I, that was four and a half miles. Four and a half. Yeah. Okay. 
So, which was kind of strange that the, you know, the east had, east dissipated quick, by eight o'clock the east was gone. By eight o'clock, uh, westbound was down to four and a half miles to the Kent Narrow. So, you know, uh, I just say to everybody, be safe out there. Take your time. I uh, hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, because a year ago, none of us were enjoying it. Was it wasn't, there, wasn't there an accident on the Kent Narrows Bridge, though, Sunday? I don't know if there was on yes. Sunday. But it was brief. They had but it was ironic. I, I left my house at 6 o'clock to go down to the Kent Narrows, and Route 18 was wide open. Yes, and, I did and notice that. I, I couldn't yep. believe it. Uh, you know, I made it all the way to that to the liquor reason. store. Yeah, they're staying off liquor store. So we we also need to ask the state, and hopefully they'll you know they're on top of this that they close the crossover. They 18. had it closed at uh, six sixty two. Uh, yeah, but Saturday. I don't think they had it closed. At, I don't know if they yeah. did. They're yeah, supposed to close those uh, both of those, but I'll, I will yeah. check them. Yeah, yeah you, we definitely want to have that closed uh, we'll that from way. here on moving out yeah. through September. So. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, I also want to say congratulations to the graduating uh, classes uh, of Kent Island High School and Queen Anne's County High School and in the private schools. Um, you seniors had to endure something you shouldn't. You missed out on some of the best parts of your high school lives with COVID keeping you home, proms and homecomings and sports and just seeing your friends and, you know, getting to act a fool and with no consequences because as you get older that fun goes away <laughs> so well there's um, consequences <laughs> yeah, the consequences um so we're we're proud of you proud of you pushing through and we know you will make queen Anne's county proud um as you go whatever you do just you know move out of your parents house at some point in time <laughs> um we we put a couple people on boards and commissions today and one of the things that we have is we don't have enough people who apply to these things. So a lot of times it's the same people who are applying and getting reappointed to them and they all do a great job. Um, but it would be nice to see more people um, apply for the boards and commissions. There are lots of ways you can be active in your county and these are some of the most important ones. Um, you're getting to provide direct feedback to the director level positions in the county and to the county commissioners and make an impact. So um, sign up for uh, the emails that we send out from the county so you know when the boards and commissions are up. Uh, send your applications, letters of interest in. Uh, we do go through all of them and look at them and it's a great way for you to get active. Um, I. I did that and got on a uh, you know a committee before I ran for commissioner. So it's a good way to learn more about the county and, and give back. Um, the beaches and nature preserve. Some people have seen uh, new signage that has been put out at uh, Terrapin Nature Preserve, uh, Ferry Point Nature Preserve, and Mattapique Beach. Um, so for those who don't know, Mattapique Beach is our only bathing beach that we have in the county. The water there is tested, so that's a safe place for you to be. Terrapin is. I know there's sand and it's up against the water, so it looks like a beach, but it's not a bathing beach. It's not meant for that. Uh, the funding was put in to make it a nature preserve. We have the trails there. Um, go hike them, look at birds, ride your bikes, enjoy them, walk along the beach. But what we're trying to do is prevent people from coming and camping out all day long. So uh, coolers, uh, umbrellas, hammocks, you know, setting up camp all day. Those are not things that places like Terrapin were designed to have and because over the years the crowds have increased and it's got out of control the nature there is not being preserved the nature is actually being destroyed and that's not the purpose of those places uh, so when you see the signs out there uh, you know please don't give the park rangers a hard time about that 
Um, they didn't put those rules into place. They're just there enforcing them, and that's their job. Um, and the goal is to make those be places that more people in the county can enjoy, um, and they keep beautiful, and, and that other people from out the county can come and enjoy them and spend a couple hours walking the trails, and then you know eat at one of our local restaurants and do something like that. So, but just please, you know, when if you hear that there's a you know the occupancy is full and you can't get in, or someone tells you, you can't bring a cooler in to a certain area of the nature preserve, um, don't take it out on the line workers. They're doing their job. Um, you know, call us and yell at us. That's that's what we're here for. Part of our job. Um, so it's summertime. Uh, I think we're gonna go casual for the next meetings for the summer. Summer casual. Call the ball, big man. All right. Call the ball. Okay. So next meeting, you want to tell them about our next meeting in two weeks? Next meeting will be at Ken Island High School. So if you are on Ken Island and you haven't had a chance to come and complain to your commissioners, here's your chance. We're making it even easier on you. Come on by or come by and you know say something nice. We like that too. We take it all. Um, or if you have anything that's you know a concern of yours, come and let us know. That's. That's why we have press and public comment, and we'll have plenty of room uh, for everybody to come. And it's we like having you guys come in person. It's been too long, so please, please show up. With that, and why are we? Why are the commissioners having their meeting at Ken Island High School? Uh, they will be discussing some issues with uh, the South Ken Island sewer. So there's public so meetings. Up redefine there. your casual North County casual, South County casual. You can never really <laughs> <define> <laughs> camo, non camo. <laughs> we have our own way of dressing up North South. Just, just tie, just no tie, right? Well, well, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> Might have to institute stricter, stricter requirements <laughs> for North County. Apparently so. <laughs> All right, uh, entertain a motion to adjourn. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. All right.